Greetings, Internet friend. Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What follows is the audio version of Walking and Talking, which I have transferred here from its original YouTube video format so that you can more readily superimpose my metaphysical rants over your day-to-day -day experience without a screen hogging your visual attention for hours on end. Some of these older episodes don't have the greatest audio quality, but it does improve as the series progresses. I occasionally make references to something visual, but by and large, all of the relevant information is present in the audio. From episode number 84 onwards, and to some extent before that as well, I am cognizant of the audio-only experience and making sure to describe anything that seems relevant. Publishing this as an audio podcast does take some extra time and money, so if you appreciate this, please consider supporting it at patreon.com slash benjaminbennett. And when you donate as little as $2 a month, you gain access to exclusive content. But more importantly, you'll be helping me enormously towards these three goals that I have. First, to increase the frequency and intensity of new episodes. Second, to remove all advertisements from my Sitting and Smiling videos on YouTube. And third, to launch a new series that I've been scheming up. I'll say it again, I am an anti-consumerist tightwad who likes to maximize the utility of the scantest of resources. So be assured that your donation will go far. That URL is patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett, and you can find the link in the show notes as well, in case you want to pause this audio and go check it out right now. Lastly, I'd love to receive your well-thought-out questions, comments, tractates, treatises, diatribes, and gluten-free paleo recipes at sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. Okay, that's enough blathering. Let's get on to the real blathering. Damn, what is up, my internet friends? Welcome to Walking and Talking, the show where I walk and talk. I almost, I almost didn't do this today because I was in a pissy mood, and then I decided I would attempt to overcome this pissy mood and just do this because I figured that talking for a long time. Uh, would, would force something of it, you know? I wouldn't be able to just marinate in pissiness. I would either have to cheer up a bit, or in the sort of uh, crucible of, you know, the e echo chamber of this vacuum of hearing myself talk for a long time, the uh, pissiness would have to escalate to an untenable degree and perhaps lead to some sort of catharsis or something like that. But uh, I'm aiming for the former option, really, of just getting over it or whatever. And so, in service of that, I'm really glad that we're here, that you're here. It's pretty, it is pretty unbelievable. It's insane, you know, that videos like this exist. It's insane. And, uh, you know, I've laid off of all the uh, non-dual 
philosophy for a bit, so this video ought to be pretty different from the last one. And in fact, I was thinking it might be interesting just to kind of lay out all kinds of interpretations for this video to mostly consist of interpretations of things or even explanations of things, if you will. I could go ahead and explain everything or try and explain everything, which is, you know, the most common request. Everyone wants me to explain why I make these videos. Um, and while I do think that pretty much every single video that I have made could be considered a complete explanation of why I make them already, why not go ahead and try and explain it so completely thoroughly that sense will be made of it to the extent that sense obliterates itself. You know, and maybe, maybe I'll try, maybe I'll try and just like even avoid going up chains of abstraction and speaking in overly philosophical terms. You know, we'll just be pragmatic today. Why not? Totally down to earth. A totally accessible explanation and everything will be totally normal and understood and make perfect sense. It'll be great. Aren't you excited? So, so hence, henceforth, here, here come the explanations. Here come all the answers. Sorry, I might, I'm, I know I'm taking on a little bit of a sarcastic tone or something. But I'll genuinely try not to get sarcastic. But yeah, I mean, now now I'm now I'm like can I really do this like or or would it be just a lie? I mean every uh, I'm I'm going to try and refrain. I'm going to try and refrain from all the qualifying statements about the nature of truth and all that. And I'll just try and lay out a bunch of interpretations of what I'm doing in plain English so that they're understandable. I guess you could say I'm just trying to exist in the world in a way that makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to make sense of being in the world myself. All the time, you know? Aren't you? I mean, maybe, maybe you don't. I'm sure a lot of people just don't really think about it, you know? 
just don't really think about much of the the big questions of meaning or anything like that or you know abstract big abstract ideas the far reaching webs of interconnection and all of that stuff maybe you just don't think about those sorts of things and that's completely fine i have zero judgment i almost envy you i almost envy you because truth be told you're not really going to like get anywhere by going you know in any kind of ultimate sense by going up these chains of abstraction and seeking for profound meaning in life, you're not really going to find anything solid. And so if you want to just not think about it, that's fine. And uh, that's why I could, I can empathize with you if you find these videos to be super weird or if you, uh, you know, are desperately trying to find a very simplistic answer. Like, for instance, I'm being held hostage and forced to do this or something. I can see why you might want to cling on to that type of reductive explanation. You know, there must, there must be a simple, a very simply understood reason. So that I can just kind of put this out of my mind. I mean, I... I I'm sort of I'm sort of imagining the thought process of the people who think that I'm who who like really insist on this cons conspiracy that I'm like being held hostage despite uh the complete lack of any kind of evidence and the overwhelming evidence to the contrary. I mean, how many videos have I made where I'm just completely walking around with no one else around and I go to um uh, all kinds of faraway places, you know? I've walked and talked in fucking Chile for for crying out loud. Do you think that do you think my hostage keepers have like my uh my captors uh like took me to Chile and let me w walk and talk in a fucking um uh anti-government protest? Jesus Christ. And then, and you know, and we're like, you know, had the, had the snipers on the roof the whole time. Are you fucking insane? Jesus Christ, just have... All right, uh, I'll stop though. But, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't even give any of this any um, energy. It's fine. It's fine if people want to keep believing that. Uh, I don't think people really believe it. I think, I think, I think we're engaged in f fantasy here. I'm just, I'm just continuing to look at this pond uh, in case there are any newts in there. At least one frog jumped in, but it's that time of year, and this definitely seems like a vernal pool. This is like, this is right where salamanders and newts would would breed.
but there is um you know it's like it's on the surface it seems meaningless right it seems it seems like a it would require a pretty big stretch of our definitions of value and meaning to kind of make sense of these videos right and it does i mean for me too it all it often it kind of repeatedly requires me to to be to extend a kind of generosity and a kind of faith and a kind of um a kind of good faith in committing to something that is not immediately rewarding and does not immediately provide me with the the payoff of clear meaning, you know. It's not immediately meaningful, really, on the surface, you know. And henceforth, I don't... I don't mean henceforth. I mean, because of that, it often requires like a, a certain kind of a certain kind of effort, or at least the experience of effort, a felt effort, for me to leave the house and kind of forget about things that seem like more practical concerns in the moment, and go do something that seems on the surface pretty pointless and we'll we'll get to we'll get we'll talk a lot more about this thing of pointlessness because you know that's has its own kind of uh fraught set of implications and and histories around it so we'll we'll talk more about that because uh it's i can't we can't we can't simply rest on the idea that uh, that pointlessness is itself a virtue. We can't simply say that, like, you know, pointlessness is inherently virtuous um, or valuable. Like, we, we have to kind of look at that. And so I, th I think we, we will maybe a little bit later. But there is, uh, there's at least, you know, a form of consistency, if you will. Oh, there's a newt. I don't know if you can see it. It's probably small. There's a, there's a little, there's a little newt swimming in there. You probably can't see it. It's maybe too small for you. But it's like I get, I go out of the house, I mean, uh, or in the case of the sitting and smiling videos, I stay in the house, and um, I do a thing that, at least from my perspective, as far as I can tell, like kind of doesn't 
doesn't really fit in with um, any kind of popular value system, nor nor any kind of elite value system. I at least like in at least in my present um, interpretation of things. It's, this probably could be seen differently. This probably could be interpreted differently. Um, I'm seeing how, you know, what, I, what I'm doing, what these videos are. I can also see very many interpretations that would think of them as very much aligning with popular sentiment or um, a zeitgeist or or elitist values. But I guess they, they don't in my interpretation of it. And so one one way that I think about that is that there's there's almost no budget uh, for making these videos, you know, I have a, I have a, a GoPro and, uh, one time that got stolen and I had to replace it and, you know, I have a external battery pack for it and a cable and, uh, I eventually did, I was using, you know, a wooden stick just to like, uh, really like maintain my anti-consumerist um, self-image but then I finally did break down and buy a, a cheap selfie stick you know that it extends and that can be used as a tripod just for greater versatility and just uh, ease of use uh, eliminates some of the figuring out time and actually does allow me to film a little bit better but, but that's besides the point anyway the, the point is that there's basically, there's basic, it basically doesn't cost me hardly anything, you know. Um, there's the internet bill, so, you know, I, I uh, purchased some very high-speed internet, which costs more than what I might have otherwise paid for. But it's not a big deal, you know, 58 bucks a month is uh, what my high-speed internet costs. You know, it's not nothing. But uh, you know, like this this isn't we have to we have to take into account time, you know. Uh it is it is it is a lot of time that I spend. I mean like actually not not as much time as, as it might seem though. You know, when people, people comment that you spend, that, you know, I'm spending all this time doing this and I'm, you know, wasting, wasting my time or something. Um, it's, I think it's actually that this is, this is kind of like a agglomeration of time that's, that's just highly visible in one place that, 
you know, and it's over uh, six years now or whatever. Um, you know, over six years, if you, you compared the amount of time that I spend making these videos to the amount of time that a lot of people spend playing video games, it's it's really nothing. It's not that much. Like, uh, it's true that I, I don't exactly... I don't exactly have like a full-time other day job uh, and so I am afforded um, a, a pretty a pretty good amount of time that's like free to me which uh, I'm incredibly grateful for and I recognize that 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 it's um, it is somewhat of a rare life situation that affords me this much free time but also I'll acknowledge that uh, I have put a lot of work into creating that situation for myself and spent you know like I kind of chose that path for myself and um, gravitated towards this situation and worked towards it for for quite a long time you know just setting setting myself up to be not um, very financially beholden to a lot of things, to to setting myself up, you know, more to the point, to not have my time be beholden to others, to allow me to do something like this. I still see that little newt out there. I'm sure it's too small in the on the screen for you to see. An Eastern Newt, though, if you want to Google a picture of it. And, um, you know, that kind of involves just, like, foregoing a lot of the aspects of life that a lot of people might might think of as important or, or necessary or, or fun or whatever, uh, just because I, I don't really care that much about those aspects, you know? Like more, more traditional... notions of, of status and success and participation in society are things that I've, I've to a large extent, foregone, um, and of and of course, like it could be, it could be, you know, very much, it could be legitimately pointed out that um, I probably benefit from other forms of stability that uh, allow me to forego those forms of achievement, um, and I would, I would. Um, I would concede to that. And uh yeah, I'm it might it might sound like maybe maybe I'm like defending myself a little bit or something, but but uh but not really. I mean I'm not trying to make a I'm not trying to make any point really about this being virtuous. Or of myself being virtuous by to any extent, uh, quite to the contrary, I I ultimately don't quite believe in anything like that. 
it's it's more the case that the forms of value and meaning and achievement that seem ubiquitous around me that I see so many other people um, very invested in just have not held water to me. They, they have not been compelling enough to me to, to work hard to, to get them. They, they, uh, I just don't, I just can't, um, they just don't hold that much meaning to me to, to compel me to like sacrifice my life and time and experience and, and freedom I mean, like freedom. That's another. That's another whole very loaded worm word um, that we'll probably have to talk about because there, um, as as someone pointed out to me, like that the idea of freedom is is also a term that there are a lot of toxic ideas associated with, especially at the moment. Um, so we might have to address that in further depth a little later on. Um, But yeah, I just I just like to put it bluntly, haven't bought the hype about a lot of the things that one is supposed to care about in life. Um and I have I've found that I I don't have any regret about that. And uh, in, in fact, I, I find when, when I find myself making compromises and, and doing things in some kind of in, in accordance with these ubiquitous value systems that I see everywhere uh, that I don't fully believe in, uh, I tend to regret that actually. You know, if I if I think to myself, as I sometimes might, I've gotten a little too far out. Um, maybe I should I should uh, make myself a little more useful to society in society's terms. Maybe I should make myself a little more legible um, in these in these terms that I might think to myself. Uh, everybody wants from me, uh, but I f I find that anytime I try and do that, so so much internal conflict and dissonance arises that I don't really get anywhere. I I don't actually succeed in. Um, In achieving that the forms of significance that I I think other people are looking for. That is, I I don't I don't find that I, like I don't succeed in the traditional sense. Um. And then also I, it it distracts me and pulls me away from 
making the the new kind of meaning that feels real to me. And so I get, I feel diffused and sidelined and compromised as a person when I do that, when I compromise myself. And so, you, you know, you could consider this a kind of... You, consider, you could consider this um, the beginning of some kind of explanation of these videos. But, you know, it's, I, I, I'll grant that it's probably still may sound a little bit abstract. As, like, I haven't given any explanation of why specifically this format and that sort of thing. There's an there's another newt like resting on this stick here. It's too bad I didn't bring the binoculars because maybe I could zoom in. There's a newt right there. There's another newt resting on this stick just below the surface of the water. So, you know, sometimes I may, I may think to myself that I, I should make attempts, attempts to, to communicate with people in a more kind of socially established, socially normative manner. Like, um, you know, I should, as if I should, um, I should come closer to to conforming to the the mode of communication that is is ubiquitous whether that be you know in my social life like I should um I should just be generally more um amicable and sociable and um engage in normal types of conversation more uh, which actually I'm finding lately I'm that's not really a, uh, an issue um, which is to say and I'll just I'll just to give you some something like reassuring in case you're one of those people that uh, is always expressing concern about me in the in the comments I'll just give you some reassurance that I actually, I'm not finding any lack of meaningful friendships that I or or to say that I actually do have a lot of meaningful friendships and they're just not represented in my videos you know I hang out and have fun with people um maybe I, I mean probably not in exactly the way that most people would consider fun but uh it's a lot of fun to me just to just to allay your your concerns about me so that we can you know have a have a, a less fettered interaction here and then um 
But further, with regards to these videos, I actually find that they provide me with a form of connection that I don't really find otherwise. Like this actually lets me communicate in a way that feels very full and authentic. I mean, authentic is qualified with square quotes here because, you know, I don't actually believe in authenticity, but like this feels like a mode of communication that feels more truthful to me than a lot of, than what I might encounter in daily life. And, you know, this is highly qualified because, of course, I'd, this idea of truth is like highly relative and highly suspect anyways. But, you know, everybody, everybody is looking for interpretation, so here are a few. They're, of course, not the only interpretations that I'll have, and they're, of course, not the only interpretations that anyone will have. And my own interpretations will probably be changing all the time. I mean, they are. Or you could consider this as me engaging in a very conventional type of communication. I'm just being normal. Just for you. There's a there's a frog. I was staring right at a frog. I think that's a, a pickerel frog. Is my guess. You see it? It's probably hard to see. It's brown and spotted. It's been sitting there the whole time, I think. Well, let's 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 move forward with more more interpretations of what's going on here. There's there could be said to be a critique of certain facets of popular culture here. Maybe there is a critique of of YouTube culture here. It's not, I don't, I don't totally feel that. I, I, I don't actually feel critical of YouTube as my, my utmost, as my topmost um, reason for doing this. Like it's, it's, um, like I actually do feel earnest about making these videos. And in another sense, I, I also kind of love 
that YouTube exists. Just, you know, it's, it's, um, to, to uh, interpret it in a negative light, uh, we could say that there's this, like, this really toxic, um, capitalistic, uh, contest for your attention and the things that people do for your attention are, are, you know, propagate all sorts of, um, toxic ideology, uh, you know, really unhealthy, um, things about body image, um, really kind of trash values, uh, lots of, you know, immediate stimulus without much substance. You know, every, everything kind of like predicated on what will get the most uh, ad exposures, what will sell the most, and, and all of that involves so much manipulation of the viewer and is just generally very destructive. And I, I think that's really true. That, and, and uh, you know, YouTube's algorithms of what to show you and when to show you and how to show you it are completely predicated on serving you to the advertisers. I mean, like, for some of you that I'm speaking to, this is, like, totally old news. And to some of you, to, I think, maybe a lot of you, you may not have really thought much about this. It's, that, that actually seems evident sometimes. Uh, that people aren't actually thinking about the motives behind YouTube as a corporation, the, the, the motivation between behind the way the algorithms are configured and the kind of trickle-down things that motivate very many of the creators, the content producers, what they're trying to get from you. And just the... the, the the whole the whole culture that 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 creates and the whole system of values that that um, that pushes on you is like really unhealthy But then, and then at the same time, to interpret it more generously and positively, YouTube is a really, um, it's full of everything, you know? Anybody can upload anything, and there's a lot of great shit on here. There's a lot of, there's so much bizarre stuff. Uh, and it could, we could also... Just think of this as being uh, such a rich, 
display of um, the human experience and having like all facets of it. You can learn so much shit here. Um, there's so much great ridiculous shit. And it's and it's free. I mean, I just I just hope you're using ad blocker. And then at the same, you know, ad block plus like I I can't imagine really looking at YouTube without it. I can't imagine watching all those ads. It's horrible. And yet at the same time, sometimes I monetize some of my videos and like, it's like, uh, I always feel a little bit cynical, you know, it's, but it's, uh, it's like kind of like facing the reality that a huge number of the viewers of my videos are, are, you know, maybe people just like coming off of TikTok. Uh, from some very sensationalized story about it and uh, and spending two seconds and and uh, not giving it any kind of credence and so I'm like I might as well monetize off of these these views uh, these you know that there's there's just like a great many people on YouTube that um, who's who's Attentional attention spans have just been uh, devastated by the internet and its algorithms, by platforms like TikTok and YouTube, and so they they just are in a in a state of like needing hyper stimulus all the time and not having any attentional capacity to to think about anything. And so I'm like, well, it it would be practical for me to make a few bucks here and there. So like, I'll uh, I'll maybe monetize like the the particular videos that are particularly uh, viral, like you know, sitting and smiling number five. Uh, and yet at the same time, um, I'm making videos. I guess it's more true with the walking and talking videos that do actually require some time to be spent for them to be legible. And that I do think actually reward attention over time that they they are difficult to pay attention to I know because I'm not really offering anything really stimulating I'm not offering anything very concise I'm not offering um meaning to be made in any short amount of time span and in fact I think that what I'm offering is probably pretty challenging a lot of the time because when I walk and talk I myself am often plunged into the unknowing the un the, the meaninglessness 
the void, if you will. And I, I think that the viewer often is as well. But then, you know, things happen through the duration. A thing happens where the, the meaninglessness uh, kind of paradoxically becomes meaningful, becomes very meaningful. You know, in this this uh, this video, it's like um, the 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 danger here, the risk here that I feel is that it's uh, it runs the risk of responding to to popular questions that this that my videos generally trigger that the that my videos generally bring up a set. Of questions, really, I mean, really, just one question, basically, which is why. And uh, this video, I think, runs the risk of of maybe only being responsive to that, and henceforth, in a way, in a way, being like more myopic because I'm just talking about my videos as a kind of abstraction, and so I, I am, in a sense, like talking about myself more in this video than I would otherwise, which, uh, does, which in, in a way could be thought of as more self-involved and more narcissistic than usual, more narcissistic than, um, the, the type of talking in which I'm more immediately self-reflexive, where the, the the reflexivity in speaking like uh and so you know something happens where through this format of like extended self-representation on YouTube the uh self and self-representation uh are revealed as to be pretty meaningless concepts in the first place. You know, this this is this is also you know the, pretty much every everything that I'm saying is an interpretation, and and all of it as such has ways in which it's also not true. And I, if you're familiar at all with these walking and talking videos, I think. I think you already understand that, and uh, so hopefully you already understand that I am, in a, in one sense, compromising <clears throat> the truth, just in order to be able to speak in a way that seems more conventionally coherent, and it's that's fine, because I, I think we've also kind of established that there is not an ultimately true way of speaking. There's not really like a more 
true way of speaking. It's just a matter of like which it's just a matter of which facets of falsehood are we going to move through? Which rabbit hole are we going to follow? That's really just the question. There's some tadpoles over here. Nope. Nope. False alarm. Those aren't tadpoles. It's not time yet. The breed the breeding is just beginning. There's not even eggs yet, apparently. There's some newts in there. Oh yeah? Yep. You see them over that way or over here too? Um, I saw one. Oh, there's one resting on that stick right there. It's just like, his back is just above the surface. That stick right there, that looks like a stick? That's a newt that looks like a stick? No, there's a... There's, it's a, it's oh, like green. Head. Oh, he's green, he matches yeah. the color of the water. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It looks like a turtle head, doesn't it? Look, do you see him? Okay, follow this big log that's pointing right to his head. That little stick right there. And you might see some swimming around close to the surface too. Okay, thanks. Yep. So maybe uh how about some how about some more explanations? I mean it's pointless to explain this but so is everything else. I mean that's not really true. But uh I don't know about you but sometimes I'll be in a state where I'm kind of, I'm sort of looking for entertainment, but I'm looking for an entertainment that has, has something to chew on, you know, that has a, has a little bit of, a little bit of something to chew on, you know, that's not just pure sugar. And, uh, 
you know, so that, you know, I might be in a state where I'm like looking for like a, a good documentary or something. Some, some real like, uh, hard journalism or, um, meaty philosophical thought or something like that. And it, I get to the point where it doesn't exactly even matter what the, what the subject matter is. It's like I'm to this point where it's as if all subject matter is the same to me. I mean, you might not understand that, but it's more that I'm just looking for the the meaty experience of being being stimulated to think in a challenging way or something like that and uh i guess the way that i think is that i want things that are at least transparent about the relativity of their own truth. Things that are aware of the interpretive nature of themselves. Things that uh, demonstrate some kind of self-awareness that aren't just um, resting on like an assumption that aren't that are you know not are, are at least trying not to rest on too many unexamined assumptions So I think I I think I make stuff like this because this would be the sort of thing that I think I would like to encounter on the internet or or in life. Something really kind of difficult, you know? Something not immediately rewarding but that but that also it's like can give me experience an experience of like maybe getting out of my own head you know I just want to sometimes be able to listen to someone who seems relatively sane talk for a while and uh that's kind of hard to find. It's kind of rare. Because the media that you encounter is is always wrapped up in these insane economics that completely influence the the whole value system and the whole perspective and and leads to just insanity and just like totally unexamined unself-aware 
flagrant interpretation and misinterpretation and and is always kind of like is is always advertising a certain value system that if you ask me is unwholesome and unhealthy like there's always there's always it's like everything you encounter is propaganda everything you encounter is to some extent brainwashing it's like and the more the more aesthetically appealing it is the more effective it is stuff is stuff is like you know sweet to see and hear feels good and stimulating and it always is carrying like a like an ideological payload with it that you don't that's not actually helpful to anyone other other than the advertisers or the or for various reasons like the the egos of the people propagating and uh that's in in some sense that's just kind of you know this is this is of course one critical interpretation of the media landscape that we inhabit that I'm making and I'm kind of making it as you might detect in in service of bolstering my own self-image perhaps in your mind so it is in sense self-serving for me to draw a favorable comparison of myself against other creators of of media you know purveyors of media or information even And so I, I, I am now, I can see, participating in, in a kind of like libidinal economy. I, I am, uh, you know, interested in propagating the memes that seem to constitute myself now in what I'm saying in uh, trying to convince you of something. But, also, this format of doing it, of four hours of uninterrupted, extemporaneous talking, 
does form some kind of foil against that, some kind of resistance to it, you could say. Just in the fact that it's difficult to maintain. Uh, it's, it's difficult to maintain any version of self for that long, really. It's like the, uh, the, mul the multiplicity of self at least has to usually, usually reveals itself, I think, in these. Like, I doubt that if you watch an entire episode, I mean, let alone watch multiple episodes, I doubt that I seem like a, a totally consistent, totally cohesive person all the time, you know? I think on the contrary, it's like different facets of self are emerging all the time. Eventually leading to a kind of transparency, I hope. It's like durational narcissism. It's like so, so much. Is this some, uh... oh no, just bug spray. I thought it was maybe a, <clears throat> some wolf piss or uh, some buck, buck spray. Like, so, so much self-representation that it, uh, it kind of, like, defeats itself over time, you know? It er erodes itself through exposure. Like, I'm just saying, like, say I, I uh, expose my personality to you over an extended, continual period of four hours, and I do that over and over again. Um, 
It's like all the all the mechanisms have to get worn down eventually. The self the mechanisms of self-defense. have to get eroded over time. I think, you know, I mean, I, I feel that happening often. So far in this video, I've, I've retained a pretty even keel, a very even temperament, and have been able to maintain a fairly logical sounding mode of delivery. I've been able so far to present what I believe to be a fairly coherent self. But, you know, we still have a lot of time to go. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll break down, maybe it won't. But one thing that is clear to me is that all of this is, is just like, it's manifesting in this video, in this, in this very interaction. That is to say, this, this version of self is just is manifesting here in this video I would say more more so than it is prefabricated in the sense that I I didn't really expect to be saying most of the things that I've said so far And I can, I can, I feel it. Actually, I feel the the absence that underlies everything that I'm saying, every every way that I'm representing myself. I, uh, I. I'm experiencing the emptiness. You, one could say. The emptiness to all my assertions.
This is uh, fairly freaky. And the, the, you know, the ethics around me making these videos are always in question. Like, like the ethics of your viewership, like, like, is it actually, this is freaky. Is it, is it actually a bad thing that you're watching? Well, that was, you know, that was kind of scary to get into a position like this, and it's going to be even scarier probably to leave, so I better, I better plan on just sitting here for a while. It's not very comfortable, actually. This chair doesn't, doesn't have a good backrest. I'm not, I'm not sure quite how you're supposed to sit in this thing. But of course, you know, um, a proposition that it's you know ethically bad for um, me to be uh, producing you as a viewer, you know, producing this viewership uh, also kind of rests on a certain. A certain paradigm of, of value that that says something like you're being you are uh, being passive by watching this that that your activity of watching this is. Uh, an obstacle to your further self-actualization that uh, you could be doing something um, more self-empowering with your time that that sort of thing uh, which definitely has merit 
um, that idea. But it also has its its converse idea that, you know, that this could equally be said to be uh, ethically good in that same sense because it could be considered an intervention into uh, an existing media landscape wherein you as a viewer would otherwise be be watching something that is less transparent about its motivations something that is um more distracting and more more veiled and just more heavy in the brainwashing aspect than this is. And so, you know, this could, could be considered like an intervention into, into this, uh, this media ecosystem by presenting something that's, that at least tries to be self-aware and transparent about the mechanisms of self-representation and the ethics be behind such and um, hopefully would provoke in you, dear viewer, some sort of self-reflection, some sort of, you know, um, higher awareness, if you will, just about the activity of, of viewing YouTube and, uh, and related concepts. You know, to, uh, bring up the question of why you are watching this. And, you know, that, that in this, in this particular ethical framework, that being a, a good thing for you to question that. And, you know, I guess, uh, I guess ideally it, uh, might, might provoke you to question why you watch other things or why you watch YouTube at all and uh, could potentially point you towards, you know, maybe doing something with your time that's a little more empowering for yourself or, or uh, maybe, maybe a better experience, a more, a more full enriching experience, you know, Maybe interacting with an actual person um, or doing something that challenges yourself to learn and grow, etc., etc. Uh, and this, you know, this is, this is, uh, that's legitimate, but it's also, you know, rests upon a certain ethical framework that I also don't hold as uh, a 
a top level of reality. You know, for one thing, it's not necessarily the case that by watching that your viewership of this is necessarily a passive activity just because you are looking and listening, you know. Just because you are listening doesn't necessarily imply passivity. Like, just, uh, you know, you may be, you may be thinking a lot and like, what's, what's, what's really the difference? Is, is there actually, um, a, like a substantive qualitative difference between you doing the ostensibly passive thing of listening and the ostensibly active thing of speaking, you know, being engaged, doesn't necessarily mean you're less engaged just because you're hearing and listening. And just because it happens to be on a platform that's most commonly associated with entertainment. You know, like the, the idea of engagement, involvement, or whatever, participation, uh, would sort of, on the surface, seem like, you know, that's uh, better for the audience, that they get involved and engaged with something, they're, they're uh, more actualized, they're more actively involved uh, participants in creating a society, you know? And not just somnambulant uh, zombies captivated by entertainment. Uh, that's the idea, but that's not, not necessarily true. It's like, not like, I mean, as we can see, like, um, YouTube could be seen as the utopic alternative to television. That is, it does democratize content creation and so uh, in comparison to the previous paradigm of television uh, which has a you know a, a relatively much more exclusive position of creator of of entertainment purveyor and um, a much wider constituency of viewers who don't participate in, in creating the content. So you, YouTube could be seen as, as like the, the futuristic, utopic, uh, democratic, socialist, uh, answer to that problem of everybody can everybody can produce the content everybody can be their own entertainment entertainer and so here you have it and uh, I think it I think it does have some aspect of that like I I I do think I'd kind of prefer having YouTube as opposed to just having TV. I, you know? 
there's there's uh, way more interesting shit to me available because of that. And then at the same time, as we see, it's not totally utopic. Because everybody's involved is, you know, seems to be mostly motivated by the same old drives and you have just like loads and loads of what we would consider garbage and uh, and super toxic shit and people being totally horrible to each other and uh, unrestrained brainwashing and manipulation and um, just an insane level of commodification, an insane level of self-commodification. You know, you have these influencers, these social media stars who completely commodify every single aspect of their life and, you know, present it on the platform in order to get the most amount of attention, the most amount of money. And people create, uh, you know, ridiculous, unrealistic appearances of, of what their life is. You know, it's like the, 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 the creation of the simulacrum of the sensational is now just kind of like open to everybody. And so people use it and, and present the, the most idealized and untrue representation of, of themselves as possible. And, and this kind of like just snowballs with people watching and it's like if you want to compete for attention it seems like you have to you have to cave in it's it seems like to this uh a, a ridiculous kind of materialist culture and submit yourself to outrageous body image ideals and, and all this sort of thing. And yet, that's not everybody on YouTube. Not everybody's doing that also. There's, there, there are, there are, you know, much more weirder and more subversive uh, expressions out there that that have been successful and that you know that that makes me happy like uh crime pays but botany doves doesn't i love that guy
but it's it's it is kind of hard to it is kind of hard to come across for me like a a, a really solid YouTube channel. Like that's one of them. It's it's a little hard for me to think of other ones. Uh, I think that's there. There's a uh, Gabba thirteen, but they're not really like uh, producing original content. They're just like uploading a bunch of weird noise albums. But they're uploading some good shit. Gabba thir G A B A thirteen. I think that's I think that's it. Like they uploaded this uh, this weird John Deck album that's just him talking, no guitar. Uh, and I'm like, this is my shit. John Deck. Um, Worthless Recluse is what it's called. That's my jam. I don't know, just trying to just trying to give a little a little shout out. You got uh you got um Delanso Media Group, although uh he needs I I wish he would I wish he would upload more cuz that that's also my jam, but he hasn't been very active on on the YouTube. Some some good I th I think he switched mainly over to Instagram and there's some good stuff on there, but I can't I'm not I can't on I'm not on there right now. I can't handle it. I can't handle the gram right now. Or the Facebook. I can't handle it right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the difficulty is the algorithm, though. Like, seems it seems like whatever I watch on YouTube, the algorithm is still going to present to me uh, the shit that is most, like, mass, massively successful, uh, which isn't generally the stuff that I'm very interested in. It's like the algorithm is gonna keep presenting me with clickbaity bullshit no matter, no matter what I actually view on on YouTube. But also, you know, this is, this is all just like, this is all just pure subjective judgment that I'm spouting out here. And it's indicative of my, my own 
kind of limited ethical framework. It's indicative of a, a limited version of myself. Is what is what I've been spouting off here for a, for a while. And I guess, you know, this might be a concession. I might be making a concession to you to to um, maybe kind of maybe kind of the lower lower minded. end of uh, YouTube comments and that sort of thing. I might be making a concession by by manifesting my personality this way, you know? By talking about my own preferences and and stating this uh, my my moral judgments and this sort of thing. I mean, I am. I am making concessions. And, uh, like, I might be... I mean, I'm, I'm always am. You can never not be. But I might be able to try harder not to. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure that I could. That is... The things that I'm saying that are specific sounding, that relate to the world, feel a little bit like concessions to me. They feel a little compromised. But maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe that is, uh, Maybe that is to, like, draw more of you in a little bit. Maybe that's good. To be, um... Speaking in a different register. A more, a more common register. To be making a little bit easier kind of sense to a lot of people. But, of I mean, of course, now I'm, I probably sound patronizing. Maybe I am being patronizing. Maybe I am being condescending. Not exactly, not, not really condescending, but patronizing, maybe. Making concessions for a more common form of, like, interpretive and specific meaning-making. You know? Offering explanations of what this all means. In accessible ethical frameworks. I mean, from my perspective, if you ask me, it's an accessible ethical framework. I mean, even to propose good and bad at all, if you ask me, is a relatively accessible ethical framework.
But I'm also saying we can do better than that. We can do better than having good and bad. We can do better than just seeming to kind of make sense. You know what I'm saying? I, I, hope, that, I hope that you'll stay with me here or at least make an attempt to stay with me. To kind of stretch out a little bit what meaning is. Stretch out a little bit what good and bad mean. Stretch out a little bit like what value is. What maybe even what entertainment is. What quality content is. <clears throat> and maybe, maybe even more importantly, stretch out your understanding of what a good what a good experience versus a bad experience is and then beyond that what experiences at all but you know maybe 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 we're moving a little fast here maybe that's a little maybe that is a little much for right now Maybe it's time to get down off of this perch. It's kind of it's kind of scary to get down off of this to be honest. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just stuck up here. That wouldn't be so bad. I have an orange with me. And one and a half bottles of water. You think I'll survive the night? It's partly scary because I'm holding the camera with one hand. This is terrifying. You know, despite all of, despite all of my hoopla about transcending selfhood and thereby transcending death, this is kind of terrifying. But that's that's fine. Cuz beneath beneath uh this particular beneath this specific terror of this height is, you know, the uh perennial terror of no longer existing. But then beneath that there's nothing but splendor that which in fact constitutes the terror i'm saying that i'm saying that the terror of non-existence 
i.e. death, i.e. this height here, is constituted of nothing but splendor. The splendor of the emptiness slash full wholeness that is existence. Oh my God, this is terrifying. This thing's just held to this tree by nothing but rope. Well, how do they do this? Oh my God. Standing up. Okay, I've stood up. That's maybe the scariest part is over. And then just the stepping onto the ladder. Believe it or not, I've worked on many a roof. <clears throat> Doesn't mean I wasn't terrified the whole time. Yeah, I still don't know. I still, I still have doubts. About whether something more concise would be more legible. I mean, I think it, it would, of course, be more legible. But then there's also a different type of legibility just to the form of this, to the repeated four-hour form. That's a, that's a, 
a meaningful type of legibility is repeating the time duration of an activity. And then if it gets to a, a whole round number, like a hundred or something like that, that's another form of legibility. But then the whole, the whole length of the form is a barrier to legibility. The taxing of attention spans and of, of time commitment, the, the unfriendliness to the busyness of your schedule and your life is a barrier here to legibility. But in a sense, that's also, that's also a component of the meaning of this. The, it's, there, there's, there is kind of an eschewing of practicality, you could say. Of, for me, in a way, removing myself, putting myself outside the boundaries of practicality, and this, this gets us back, actually, this gets us back to uh, this issue of pointlessness. And it's problematic nature that it's not quite so simple just to uh, propose pointlessness as, as an inherent virtue, you know. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure I've, I'm uh, maybe guilty of doing a lot in these videos, you know, of uh, making claims towards uh, transcending conventional value systems by the pointlessness. of challenging <clears throat> conventional value systems on which the notion of pragmatism or having a point is based. But then again, Pointlessness also has uh, an elitist connotation in that 
it can be seen as um, an advertisement for the leisure class. Uh, or or an, an advertisement for the the social order that affords certain people the time to do pointless things. I think that's pretty legitimate. Uh, but also, I, I also think that I also think that pretty much everyone does and needs something pointless in life. Like, regardless of class, regardless of power and social position and, and all of that. Like, I don't, I don't think you have to be particularly elite in order to do pointless things on a regular basis. And uh, I, I hope that the mode in which I engage in pointless activities isn't an advertisement for any kind of social order of domination or exploitation or living off the backs of others. And so that's why, um, I mean, I, I could say that that's partly why I've been drawn to making these videos that are essentially no budget in terms of money. They are pretty much unskilled, I would, I would say. I mean, that maybe that's not true, of course, like, uh, the the type of language that I use could be interpreted as a s certain kind of skill set and you know the the uh, ability to sit for a long time without moving could be interpreted as a skill sure and and all of these things it could be interpreted as uh, requiring a Requiring a, a large time investment to, I don't know, sit for a long, you know, you know, sit for a long time and think for a long time and talk for a long time. It, it is, it is kind of evidence of having a lot of time at my disposal, which, you know, could be taken as some sort of indication of a social order. You know? The fact that I don't have to, like, work a full-time job in order to survive. But, yeah, like I, like I said before, I have... have actually, like, you know, spent much of my life sort of orienting myself towards this situation like that. And 
it could be it, it actually has taken some work to get to this situation and uh, I think also requires what a lot of people would consider as uh, big sacrifices like things that a lot of people wouldn't be willing to sacrifice so uh, this kind of leads me to say that I I don't let's see well for certain I have to be incredibly grateful for my uh, freedom so to speak to be able to do to to be able to spend my time in the way that I like Mo like yeah, a lot of the time at least and yet at the same time I don't I don't actually think that like my position is a necessarily enviable one it's like there's there are pluses and minuses always you know I'm saying I'm fine I like my life perfectly well and there's a lot of good things about it but then you know it's also like it's also difficult just like anyone else's is and um, I think if, if you are in a position of like either envying me or or like uh, resenting uh, the way that I'm choosing to spend my time as being indicative of uh, the social order um, you, I, I think that you might not think that way if you fully, if you, you know, fully understood me or, or understood my life. Like, you probably wouldn't, I don't know, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. Or another way to say it is that I think that you in your life situation that's specific to you has its has all of its own pluses and minuses its own advantages and disadvantages uh, good and bad etc it's its own like specific meaning like you and your specific situation have your own meaning to make out of life. But, you know, that strikes me as a fairly obvious thing to say, I guess. This is um, this is a very different type of episode, I think. It's pretty different in that I'm not really making any effort to 
like uh, like transcend the personal. Or that's like not really happening so much. I'm I'm continuing to kind of like sp speak about myself in in personal terms and uh, and you in kind of like propositional propositionally personal terms. Whoa, slippery, slippery. Whoa, whoa, I'm on slippery ground here. This bark, this bark is slippery than I thought it was, and now I'm like, don't know whether to back up or to go forward, because it's also leaning forward, and so it's easier to go forward, but then I'm like, am I gonna be able to get back up? I'm gonna try to back up. Maybe I should, Am I going to be able to get back across? I'm sure I'll find a way. I think I've gone over here before. But then there's, if I start to fall, this log is kind of far. All right, I'm going forward. This is a little bit sketchy. Ooh. This is sketchy. I feel like I should just go forward fast. Whoa. This is terrifying. Again. All right, it's going all right. Deft. Check it. Let me, that's, that's the, uh, that's like the teenage, the adolescent, that's like the teenage form of the Eastern Newt that we saw earlier. Let me get out my magnifying lens. These are, these are possibly Possibly the cutest animals on earth. I, th I think known to science. The cutest animals known, known to science. And they're very, they're very like patient. They don't run away, they're easy to spot. They don't run away from you. Look at that. Let me just put my finger next to it for size reference. And then there's those little mushrooms next to it. That's how big it is. What's up, guy? 
See, they're so patient. I can poke it and it won't even run away. But to be clear, it's like, I'm not really confident about making these videos. I'm just kind of sticking to a commitment, I guess. Maybe I have some rough idea that I should I should go to a round number, like a hundred, and then uh, reevaluate what to do. But I do have to say that just in my my purely subjective experience, it's it's a pretty good experience. of just communicating with you for a long time like this. Like manifesting this version of whatever. It's, I think, a more... It's a better experience, I think, than if I were just walking in these woods without communicating to you. And better than... I think... producing some much more highly produced and edited video presenting a more idealized version of myself. I mean, in some sense, this is a somewhat idealized version of myself in that, uh, you know, I kind of remove myself from the typical stimuli of day-to-day -day life and uh, <clears throat> I'm generally able to speak in some, some sort of collected way or something approaching that. But it's not like rabidly idealized.
It could be, it could be said, it could be interpreted that I'm uh, presenting an alternative form of self-representation that involves a healthier amount of reflexivity and self-awareness than what is more commonly offered. And perhaps that is a relevant niche to fill in today's media landscape. You could consider this episode the, the uh, self-validation episode. The exp- the, all the answers, all the answers to everything are here. Everything you wanted to know is here. I'm gonna take a pee, uh, and while I'm doing that, you can just gaze at the skunk cabbage. This is insane. This is such an insane video. I really just, you know, it's not lost on me just how ludicrous it is. the height of self-obsession.
and yet there's I I I still you know hold on to some uh, sliver of faith that it's not that there's a way that it's not that it's not comp- total like self-absorption or some faith that it can kind of transcend that but it it does it does require some faith in that you know to continue forth in uh in such such a sort of like echo chamber to like you know from like my subjective experience here of being just in my my personal echo chamber and narrating the thought process But yet at the same time, like this as this as an object, this as observed by you or whatever, uh, doesn't necessarily have to have that connotation. Or even if it is, even if it is totally self-absorbed, even if, if this is pure, um, extravagant narcissism, excessive narcissism, you can also, you can, you can, it, it doesn't matter to you, like, you, you can still kind of observe that. You could, you can observe me being narcissistic or whatever, or however you want to relate to it. Like, what goes on in my subjective experience of making this video doesn't necessarily dictate how you relate to it, I, I think. Like, it's not... It's, it's not of utmost importance that you see me as a good person or a virtuous person or a smart person or or anything like that like that's that's not a requirement for there to be any kind of for there to be something worth while here like even if even if in in some uh, theoretical objective criteria, this is total rubbish. This is all complete bullshit. Maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing for you say, to interact with bullshit. 
and to see it as bullshit. To experience it as rubbish. I don't know, maybe it is. I guess there is this kind of like ongoing system of of meaning like being put forth in the video. Like there's like the the video kind of contains apparently it, its own kind of process of of self-evaluation if you will. But it's one that seems fairly open. Fairly open-ended, I, I think. I'm just, I'm having this experience of of like realizing that it all is bullshit. It all has been bullshit. All, everything that I have done. You know, I'm having, I'm having that very like real feeling experience of this video all having been bullshit. Like when I, when I look past, look back on the, the preceding two hours or so, like it has all been bullshit. It has all been uh, fraudulent. A fraudulent self-representation. Narcissistic. Pointless. A waste of time. All this, all this, those sorts of things. It's true. I'm having, like, you know, there's truth to that. And the whole series. The whole series. And, like, just, you know... By extension, by extension, like my whole life or something. Like the, by extension, like the whole trajectory of my life. Being bullshit, being uh, fake. And, uh, so, I, I mean, I am having that realization, and, but I'm not, I'm not freaking out about it. I'm not, um, it's, it's not, that's not plunging me into, like, a, a state of total despair or anything like that. It is, it is uncomfortable and debasing. I will say now, but uh, I suppose that I'm also just like up for that discomfort and up for being debased. 
because there's also a part of me that's saying like you've had this experience many times before and um, it actually turns out to be a meaningful experience to be debased like this to 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 kind of witness um, the like evisceration of of your concept of self Or one, you know, one more, uh, another like negative way of interpreting that phenomena, phenomenon would be that I've developed highly sophisticated defense mechanisms against humiliation, against uh you know mortification or not mortification exactly but uh against like the like dissolution of of my ego that i've developed uh yeah sophisticated sophisticated narratives for contextualizing moments of profound humiliation and uh, moments of otherwise ego death to where I'm able, I'm able to narrativize these things as ego death as a, as a, a positive and meaningful experience. Which, you know, that's kind of what, what is happening as I speak here. That I'm, I'm actually making a somewhat coherent case for the, the experience of humiliation as being a positive, meaningful experience for myself, you know. And so, in, in some way, maybe that is a mechanism preventing it from happening fully. But not necessarily. I think it could still, I think it can still happen without, you know, total like emotional despair, you know? It doesn't have to involve total terror. To feel, to, to kind of like move into the openness. To like let, let these, uh, these constructs of selfhood dissolve a little and move into the openness. I think you know, it's, it's maybe, there's always probably some discomfort involved in that. 
of something falling apart. But there, there can also be, it can also be welcomed. And I'm, I'm feeling a sense of welcomeness. And the welcomeness, the welcomeness isn't actually my individual self welcoming it. What, what is welcome, what is welcoming is the is the the greater self that is not i so to speak or like you know some people will call it the the capital i the the big i the expanded self the expanded sense of awareness beyond the individual that is that is uh What I would say is welcoming me into its fold. And what is not well not welcoming my ego into it. And so what would be the discomfort the un, what would be the uncomfortable feeling of my ego dissolving uh, I'm interpreting in this moment as being that's that's kind of being replaced by the welcoming of an expanded sense of self but also this is this is um, this is also a, a partly untrue interpretation of things Because the, the, the greater self recognizes that, it's, it, that it has never been absent. That, um, that I have never been absent from it. That that you that you have never been absent from it. It never actually disappeared. It never it it wasn't actually clouded over by the ego. There's uh, I mean, it's like it is and it isn't. Like, we can say that there's, there's uh, an experience of an egotistical self that has its... Ooh, another red eft. That has its, um, its self-centered drives and motivations and defense mechanisms that uh, give it the experience of separateness and, and then of um, the need to... to uh, maintain its integrity and maintain its separateness maintain its identity 
Um, and so there's a way in that can it, that could be said to kind of like cloud over the the more expanded sense of self, but it's not actually true that it is ever indeed separate. Look at that guy. Most potent source of cuteness on the planet known to science. True fact. And it's just, it's just been sitting there this whole time that I've been ranting. Like there, it's like there, there is, it's like there kind of is an illusion of the separate self. And then at the same time, there, there kind of isn't an, any illusion. Like there's, there's not like, there's not really like a subordinate state of being. But then again, you can sort of say that there is like, I don't know. I think you know that, you know the feeling, the, the two different sort of feelings of, we could call it contracted or expanded of uh, feeling a little stuck in your own self-narrative versus feeling much more like permeable and open. I think you know you know what I'm what I'm saying, but uh, kind of paradoxically, it's like. That guy's moving around. What's he doing? You've got some, find some bugs to eat. He moved his head and it was really cute. Any, anything these guys could do is just like overwhelmingly cute. All you have to do is sit there. All you have to do is sit there and be cute. But then if you like move, it's like even more cute. Sorry. Sorry, I just 
Just have just have to annoy it because they're so cute when they're mad. Uh Yeah, paradoxically it's like Okay, so so we're 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 talking about two opposing states and uh there's a big old asterisk on placed on this subject because uh, we might have to total dis, dismantle uh, the whole dichotomy later. Oh, the newt just moved again. Um, and these 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 two estates, you know, I'm calling them contracted versus expanded and so contracted referring to when you feel like an important individual self person versus more expanded where uh, you feel relatively like more just like kind of connected with the world and not so self-concerned and uh, the contracted state is associated I'd say with just like he's walking he's walking where are you going see then whenever but then he then he holds still whenever I get near where are you going Yeah, it's only when I get far... Oh, there he goes. Look at him walk. Where are you going? Oh, look at that guy. Oh my god, so adorable. A contracted state being associated with... Uh, You know, a lot of just self-concern and uh, worry. Worry about the future, possibly rumination about the past and uh, social concerns of like, what, what do other people think about me? How am I gonna succeed in the world? All these sorts of things. And then, uh, Versus the expanded state where you're just not worried about any of that stuff. And you're just kind of like, I, I mean, I think of it as just kind of like appreciating being alive and uh, not worrying about yourself or getting anything. And generally feeling, feeling connected with the world. And uh, 
either of those states, I would say, have the characteristic to of like making it seem like they're they'll last forever, making it feel like it's gonna be that's gonna be what the rest of your life feels like, you know. There's always kind of that uh, a temptation to to like feel that way. So like, say you're feeling, let's say a version of the contracted state. Like, say you're feeling really depressed, um, or like hopeless. Like, you're just going to be screwed for the rest of your life. You won't be able to achieve anything or have anything that you want, and. Uh, you know, you'll take it to extremes, like, everybody's gonna hate you, and you'll be excluded, and, um, whatever, you'll get, get sick and die, and lonely and miserable, etc., etc., or, or that, like, or maybe the feeling that, uh, because you feel depressed, uh, you're not going to be able to work towards any goals or anything meaningful in life and this will perpetuate a cycle of depression for the rest of your life and i don't know maybe maybe there there's like some grain of potential truth there or something like that depression is kind of a can seem to be like kind of a self-perpetuating cycle ooh ooh do you just eat something I think I just saw him gobble something. Look, he's heading, he's heading towards the skunk cabbage. Guy's making, making trails. Get it. But uh, but I think I think that what is more true actually is that that state doesn't last forever. It just kind of feel when you're in it, it just kind of feels like it will. It has that temptation. It has that temptation to think like it's going to be, if not eternal, then kind of like persistent um you know and, and like gives you this very kind of like l limited feeling this like kind of like feeling of uh yeah like constriction contraction limitation a very like a a, a very negative valence of reality and then on the other side of that the expansive feeling also has its tempta temptation to it also it's also very tempting to think that it's going to last forever that you're having um 
an awakening experience and you've you've just realized the profound truth of the oneness of everything and from now on you're going to be um always basking in the sublime peace of this realization and that uh you know how foolish you were to to have fallen for the illusion of the separate self and all of its worldly concerns and all the self-concerned and all the suffering that comes from that um and there there might be a grain of truth to that too that once you have that experience then that does kind of provide a certain kind of foil against the the illusion of the separate self that it can it, it at least that experience at least will make some imprint on your memory and it will make it a little harder to fully believe the the separate self contracted state of reality you know if you have that memory of the expansive state in your mind if you subsequently in life find yourself feeling like shit and uh like a like an isolated individual uh <clears throat> it's it's probably going to be a little bit harder to to take that isolation as like the full truth of things because you you know you'll have this memory of an an a different valence on reality that is a lot more peaceful but at the same time there still is this that there's it's it's actually not totally true that that state of expansiveness just persists forever it's it's just simply not you'll always return to um <clears throat> the experience of individuation and having needs as an individual and uh you know having what you might consider to be lesser experiences of being sad or being angry or uh wanting things for yourself etc etc
Like, neither of these states are stable. But in fact, in fact, neither of these states are inherently real at all. In fact, the register of reality that I want to talk about doesn't even have states doesn't have any differentiation between self and non-self, between, between, um, or between uh, constricted versus expansive. Between individuated and interconnected. I'm saying that on an actually high, higher uh, realm of truth, a, a more, it's actually more true, it's, it's like more transcendently true that none of these distinctions have any substance, that that no state no no experience no self and no world have any substance to them And that, that all that I've been talking about in the past several minutes is all a totally relative view of reality that's dependent on a lot of constructs. That aren't really real. Like the construct of time. In order for there to be a state, the states that I'm talking about, and uh, you know the change between states, the difference between constricted versus expansive, the movement between expansive and constrictive, and and the idea of development, the idea that one could develop into a more expansive and open individual, ultimately, none of that is, is true. And time is not real either. Like, because all of these depend on I mean, these, all of these are constructs. 
all of these rely, all of these concepts that I'm speaking of rely on constructs of selfhood of an individual to experience things and they rely on states which rely on time, linear time, all of which are, are kind of like interrelated constructs that, uh, sure, we can, we can talk about them in, in a relative sense. that when we talk about them, they seem to make sense. They make sense, right? Like you kind of, you, you sort of know what I'm talking about. Like they're, they, they do, you know, map onto a certain model of reality that you and I share in common. But essentially, um, what I'm talking about is like experience, like different experience, different types of experience. <clears throat> but actually, there is no experience. There is no actual such thing as experience that has any substance to it. Not even, not even this. Like, you, like, what is, what is going on right now? Let's, let's, like, look. Like, just ask yourself the question, are you, are you having a certain, like, what, okay, first of all, maybe, like, just, like, ask yourself, like, what is this experience that you're having? Um, how can you qualified. I mean, you can, we can describe it in different ways of having different emotional valences. You know, maybe you feel, maybe you feel calm. Maybe you feel confused. Maybe you feel interested. Maybe you feel bored, irritated, relaxed, whatever. But then, you know, it, you, but then you look into any of those concepts, any of those uh, descriptive words, and and try to figure out what's at the basis of those. Like, <clears throat> what do those point to? Like, what what is the hard reality that those abstract words are pointing to? And you can't really find it. Even if you take something seemingly as concrete as, like, feeling calm and then, you know, look for the underlying reality of something like calmness and we could say, you know, it's, it's like a physiological state. It's, um, we could say it's the absence of tension in the body. Okay, so we look at the body and the, its absence of tension and uh, the relaxing feelings or whatever. 
but then at some point we have to grant we, we, we have to kind of acknowledge that even the concept of our own body is a concept it is a mental construct and even and and so is like the idea of our own mind or our own brain even you know like you know we we might try to say like this is all happening inside my body and then like more centrally inside my brain you know i'm experiencing my body through my brain and i am experiencing something called calmness that has a real basis in uh physiology we might we might try and say that but then it's like okay what where where then is even the basis for that like the solidity of your own body as opposed to the rest of the world and you'll naturally say look at this guy's making making moves covering some distance that's like a, that's kind of a long walk for a guy that size He's hunting. Hunting little bugs. Don't let his appear don't let his cute appearance appearance deceive you. He is deadly force to those bugs. I thought he's about to oh! He just stuck his tongue out. I think he was going for something. Like you might say, you know, like yeah, the you might say that the body, the body is is real and substantial because I can feel it and it it uh you know, I can feel my hand, but I can't feel that tree or whatever. And, uh, but this is, this is where it gets a little difficult for me to articulate. This is where it gets really tricky to articulate. That, that then it's like, actually, what even is sensation? Like, can't, like, so, you know, we have this idea of like, I can feel it. I can feel my body. I can't feel other stuff. Okay, but what actually is feeling? Like, like, does it, does it actually have substance? Like, look, if you look, you know, look actually for, look for the feeling, you know, look for your sensation Try to find it, try to nail down 
what the sensation is, you know, and, and I mean like in in a in a substantive way apart from your your conceptual framework for it, for what it is, you can't actually find it. Like you can't actually locate sensation apart from a mental framework of sensation. Like, it, it just doesn't have substantive reality. I mean, not, not any kind of sensation, like whether it be vision or hearing or, or touch. Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of very, it's, it's, it's very like, it's very tempting and very compelling to say that that there is actually substantive sensation like um on a level that's more fundamental than um our our conceptual framing of sensation right i mean that that seems to that that kind of like fits into the classical model that we have of our own biology right that like uh that sensation is a much more primeval um biological phenomenon which in humans then gets kind of uh framed and structured by the by uh, conception, the neocortex and and all that jazz. But but I'm I'm saying that actually. Actually, all of that is uh, a conceptual construct. Like, that, that sensation itself does not exist apart from our conceptual construct of it. I mean, despite, you know, and, and, and I, I know that, like, it's tempting to say, but, you know, that's not true. I, I, see, I see things before my very eyes. Okay, but... 
can you still say that without using the con any ideas of your eyes or eyes at all or the things that you see like the tree the leaves etc like without all of these concepts is it still seeing without all these this ideation is it still seeing is it still sensation at all and i'm just i'm saying no it isn't So I'm not I'm not saying that they're like I, I'm not singling out any of these phenomena as being being false while other other phenomena remain true. I'm actually saying that none of the phenomena have any inherent substance. So it's not the case that I'm saying that that sensation is just an illusion <clears throat> but other th other th stuff is more real i'm i'm more saying that that sensation is part of the whole construct of of selfhood it's that that sensation is a component of the the construct that creates selfhood and creates the world and so it, it's like it's not that the self doesn't exist but the world does exist it's that neither of them have inherent existence and neither does sensation. Like, uh, like in in the in the model, in the story of how things are, it's like sensation is the bridge that uh, between the self and the world that allows the self to know the world, know that the world is real. But it's actually that knowing and that sensation that create the self and the world or create the illusion of self and world. And that create the illusion of time and I'll have to probably explain more about time because time is also a, a necessary component of this idea of the the persistent self and the persistent world of, of anything existing like there has to be time right there has to be time for anything to exist
but I'm I'm saying that if you look for time, you can't find it. So I think like pretty obviously we can never be in the past, we can never be in the future. Like by definition, the past and the future aren't now that they, they they are you know they're kind of kind of by definition non-existent you know something that w- theoretically was and something that will be but they can never be really experienced i mean you can say you did experience the past and you did you will experience the future but like um how how much substance does that have? Like, were you the same person in the past and will you be the same person in the future? There seems to be continuity. There seems to be continuity between, say, your past self and your present self and ostensibly your future self. But the reason there seems to be continuity is because both the past and the future and your corresponding past and future selves are projections out of the present that in the case of memory in the case of the past are created by memory a memory what is memory other than ex- an experience that happens in the present memory is a thought that happens in the present and the future is like a a prediction or 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 proposition that is a projection out of the out of the present and what is that other than an imagined an imagination that happens in the present and so the past and the future are by definition non-existent But I'm also saying that the present is non-existent. That now, that now doesn't exist. Like you can't, you can't find it. It's just kind of like, it's only just kind of like inferred. Like it kind of seems to, it kind of seems to exist as like, as being kind of like an amalgamation of these different these different like apparent sensations you know like it's like somewhere somewhere in between like the thought and the and the web of sensations and 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 the apparent self and the apparent world like there seems to be a now but you can never hammer it down you can never you can never get it you know you can never find it
And it's just, it's just the same way with the self and it's just the same way with the world. You can never get it. But like, weirdly enough, like all the things that I am talking about as being illusory, In, in a weird sense, they're, they're kind of like, like as true as anything. Like there's no, there's no like core solid objective truth like at the, at the core of everything that I'm saying. Like there's like, any would-be truth is, is only just like always slipping away. Like you can never get it. Like it's all, it always escapes. It always slips away. No, there's like no, there's no, there's no fundamental uh, like kernel or, or like a, hard truth at the center of, of any of this that you can that you can like grasp it's not graspable but what it kind of leaves in its wake is all the things that are they are illusory but in the in the absence of any hard truth it's like they become as true as anything 
It's like the the as it's like the illusion is also truth or something like that. Or like in the absence of truth, like the illusion is the realest thing. The map of reality, you know, like all the interpreting that we do, the stories that we telling we are telling are are forms of like maps of reality or. Um, inferences of reality and yet it's as if it's as if there's there isn't actually a territory to correspond with the map there's only a map there's only a map there is no territory which is why it's like okay And it's okay and it's inevitable for the maps to exist or to at least seem to exist. And it's, it's in fact miraculous. It's, it's, and ordinary. I know I've said, I've been, I, th I think I've been saying things along these lines a lot the past few videos, uh, but it keeps, it keeps, it keeps striking me as both totally miraculous and, and just unbelievable. And simultaneously, totally ordinary. Simply that there seems to be anything at all. And it's like the that, like, you know, that anything, that any, that there is anything, you know, like. And but what I mean here when I say that there is anything, I can't, I can't quite, I, I, it can't actually be expressed by words. Because actually it's all, already always expressed in everything. Even if I'm saying that nothing has any substance and it's all appearance, even this is, even if I'm saying that this, this here now is not even an experience, doesn't even have anything as substantial as experience. Even if, and even if I'm saying that 
there's nothing even as substantial as an appearance, that there's no, there's not even appearance. I also have to say, paradoxically, that that it is just it's just like completely inutterably incredible and amazing that there se that there seems to be anything that that there there that that there even seems to be like a, a ghost of something and it's like in one sense like you 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 also have to paradoxically say that with that that nothing is nothing that nothing does not exist that there's something that 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 um, you know that what's what seems what appears is is just amazing and and just totally ordinary just totally totally normal completely it's like it's like that there is anything at all is impossible and it's totally expected it's impossible and it's inevitable. Completely profound and completely mundane. And the like the tone of voice that I'm speaking about things with right now is like one of awe and one of profundity. And yet it's pretty much this is this is pretty much like fungible with like a totally mundane experience. Like, like total like everyday normal experience of being the, the self existing in time having practical shit to do it's all on the total same level as that there's no there's no higher or lower really like there, there's no like this isn't like a greater truth I, I don't think than anything like like the truth of uh, like me getting hungry and like wanting to go go eat something like is, is you know just this uh, that's just like the same 
that's not like a different level of reality. It's, that's just like the, the same. I haven't eaten anything today and it's like, I think it's almost six o'clock or something. 6, 6.22 p.m. I've not eaten anything. I'm not, not trying to not trying to brag or anything. I just I had a stomach ache earlier and I just couldn't. So now it actually feels good because I'm starting to feel. I, I wasn't actually hungry earlier. I wonder if that, you know, sometimes I suspect that, like, my physiological state of emptiness and, uh, my, like, uh, metaphysical proclivities, um, have some relation, some correspondence to each other. And so like, this is, this is where actually, like, just to kind of like relate back to earlier in this video, um, and, and lend a little bit of a, a thread of coherence to like this overall video. It's like, like now I could say is Like the part of the video where the where where like the the a different form of meaning comes about becomes revealed that would not be able to be that wouldn't like wouldn't come about in in uh, in such in the same way if it weren't for the kind of like impractically long character the impractically long duration and and uh, the the like apparently pointless 
nature of it, you know? It's like apparently pointless, like from certain perspective, from like the more exterior perspective. But then like when once you really get inside of that, uh, it's like a, a a different type of a, a type of meaning like does come about. And like calling it totally pointless isn't isn't really true. Isn't totally true. I mean like like yeah, on a certain level, like, we're, we're, uh, it is pointless in, on the same level that everything is pointless, that there's no, there isn't any point to anything because there isn't even anything at all. Like, on that level, yeah, it's pointless, but, uh, it's actually, like, has as much point as anything else does, I, I think. But I should probably get across this creek and start heading back to my bicycle because it is getting chillier and I'm getting hungrier and I have a jacket at my bicycle. I love I love the structure of these rocks like the the linear structure of these rocks you know it's all there's like always these lines going in one direction and uh, I believe this is what they call the Wissahickon schist and um, sometimes in this schist occurs type of crystal called kyanite and um, kind of funny story uh, one time after a uh, sojourn on the west coast of the United States uh, my first long music tour on the on the west coast uh, my friend had taken me to some rock shops and I just generally became like really obsessed with the geology because um, as they say the geology on the west coast that's where it that's where it all hangs out um, it's all just very visible because you, you, you just see all these rock faces and uh, amazing formations I, I think a bit more than you see on the East Coast. Uh, so I just returned on this trip and was like super obsessed with rocks and 
was biking around with a fanny pack full of uh, a small collection of rocks and crystals and petrified wood and stuff that I had found. And I went dumpster diving and uh, in the daytime and uh, as I was getting food out, this other guy rides up on a bike and he jumps in the dumpster and starts uh, pulling out lemons and stuff and uh, just totally out of nowhere he says you know I wish I could be pulling crystals out of the earth but since I can't really do that so much around here uh, this will serve as a substitute like pulling pulling the lemons out of the dumpster so you know you know like finding valuable stuff it's not a gem but it's a lemon you know it's a it's a thing that has has meaning and uh, and use to a human being uh, and you know this this of course like just kind of struck me as like being somewhat serendipitous to just like run into another dumpster diver uh, who just offhandedly uh, remarks about his interest in in rock hunting and so you know I'm like oh yeah well I just happen to have a fanny pack full of crystals right here and like don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not one of these people that believes that that they have any kind of magic powers they don't have any I don't think they have any healing properties I, I just don't buy any of that bullshit um, I'm just fascinated by them they just, they, 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 they just have uh, an incredible aesthetic fascination that is uh, deepened by the, by the knowledge of the inorganic processes that lead to their existence. And, and the, the amazing geological timescales that are required for their existence uh, just puts you in a whole different frame of mind a whole you know it just kind of puts you in like a post-human and or pre-human post-biological or pre-biological uh, way of thinking about the world that uh, to me is very expansive so anyway uh, we get to talking about crystals and rocks and he tells me that there's this creek uh, down south of Philly where you can find these kyanite crystals and so like we exchange numbers and stuff and uh, I think a couple weeks later or something we just take a take a long ass bike ride down there uh, it's like pretty far uh, and just dig through a creek that's looks pretty similar to this one and uh, has it's like made the bed of the creek is like actually pretty similar to this um, and we did find some some uh, some kyanite crystals, but uh, I have to say they, it's a little underwhelming. It's, it's like um, because they look they look kind of just like a like a neater form of the schist. They're just like like a like a like a tighter, more contact compact, like kind of shinier, uh, like more structurally articulated. Uh, form of the schist and because they, they occur in the schist and it's like uh, it's 
like my interpretation is like they're they're just kind of like a a, a more like a like a further articulation of the mineral structure of the schist than you have kyanite and so it's like it's like a little bit it's like more of a concise expression of that mineral structure that you can see in a little in a little chunk of it which is pretty cool you know i guess that, that's like a way of thinking of crystals actually like 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 why does a crystal have the like um the sort of like discrete um aesthetic resonance that it does you know like you see you see a crystal and you see order right you see you see an order that you wouldn't see in the pile of sand um and so it's i don't believe it to be the case that a crystal is and is like inherently more ordered than a pile of sand but in fact Our, our perception of order in a crystal, as opposed to a sand, is more evidence of the human, the, the nature of human perception and the nature of, of, uh, of like, of the order of the human mind. Like, like the, the fact that a crystal seems to actually express something of the order of nature in, in like a more concise way than, than it's, it's like the big chunk of schist, I think actually is, is saying something about about the, the structure of like the human mind and the human experience. Like that they that they are these are actually mirrors of each other. The order perceived in in say a crystal is a reflection of the the way that our minds are ordered. I'm is is something that I'm is is what I'm saying here. Anyhow, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like really tempting to just like, you know, dig around here. In, in, in search for like the ordered piece, in, in search for the gems, in search for like the things that like pop out to you as like making more sense, you know, as exhibiting like more order but like but then at the same time like in actuality the perception of order the the appearance of order is actually also created by the appearance of disorder and everything else that is that is you know in apparent opposition to it that in actuality like this distinction between order and disorder 
is also um, like a uh, and like that distinction is an artifact of human perception and human comprehension and human uh, conception. And uh, that's that's just kind of cool, I think. And, and that simultaneously, like, it can just be, it can also just be said uh, from the other way round that the, hu like, the, you know, the human experience is an artifact of the order of reality. And that, yeah, the, that, that both of those things that I just stated are, also, are both just kind of like interpretations. But are pretty cool anyways, I think. Oh yeah, and the other thing that occurs in the Wissahickon Schist uh, is garnets. I don't know. I don't see any in this one, but... Uh, I, think I, I think I did pass over some today in the course of this video. Which are, they're just like little, very hard gems. Like little tiny roughly round gems that are so hard that they use them to make sandpaper and other abrasives. Lots of cool quartzite pieces, though.
Yeah. There's all kinds of quartzite. Man, I uh, I feel like so placid, kind of. I'm very glad that I decided to make this video and didn't, rather than uh, <clears throat> what's the, what's the word? Rather than just, uh, you know, stewing my own juices. Rather than just sit around in a pissy mood. <clears throat> I felt like it was uh, sub-ideal conditions. What, what, what do they got going down there? Um, because it was like later in the day than I usually start and I hadn't eaten and had a stomachache earlier and was feeling pissy and uh, and all of that sort of thing but now I'm just like so glad that I made this video it's like I'm like I'm actually glad for this to exist But, of course I am. It, it really, it really does like dwarf um, these like self-concerns that I have so much of the time. These like worries about, uh, <clears throat> worries about like who I am and uh, what am I making of my life, and then it just it just disappears like and those things, like the like not only does do those like questions kind of like lose their relevance, um, but also the an the answer like shows up. The answer shows up in the in the doing of this, and then I then I usually feel pretty good, but it's but then again it's like it's not even about feeling good either. But at least in this instance, and in most instances, 
it leaves me feeling a kind of good that I I don't get from that that from a whole I don't know yeah I, I, no that's not true Yeah, there's, there's there's no need to like there there's no need to like rank experiences, you know. It's like work, you know. It's like uh, work that feels good to me. Like this is this is. I think, I think that this, like, this kind of could be said to, like, occupy the category of experience called meaningful work, but also, uh, we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to categorize it like that probably best if we don't but I'm just like kind of like giving giving you some of these things just just because like I know uh, a lot of people kind of struggle with these videos I mean maybe they're not struggling enough I just I just know that I, I guess I'm just trying something a little different in this video which is like Maybe leaving, leaving more things to grab onto, more uh, like markers of conventional sense, more like markers of conventional logic um, for people to grab onto or, or like not necessarily grab onto, hope, hopefully not necessarily grab onto, but uh, as entry points. Trying to leave more accessible entry points in this video, I guess. You know? A more conventional register of thought that hopefully, like, kind of gives way to something that's more on the, on the horizon of understanding. And like, and 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 at the same time, like, uh, it's kind of, kind of nice that we can, um, or at least that I I can like feel pretty good throughout a lot of the process, or at least towards the end, you know, it's good, right? We can say something's good. Or at least I I mean I. I can say I feel good right now. And you know, ultimately, what else? What else do we have to evaluate things by? Ultimately,
And we got to see several cute amphibians. That's always a bonus. You know, that's the sort of thing, that's the sort of thing that's like, like, damn, like you can actually say that, you can actually say that like, life, life is good. Or that it le at least can be, you know? Little things like that, like seeing, like seeing an adorable fucking red eft in the wild walking around you know i can't i can't i can't really ph philosophize that away i mean i could try but We can just say, we can just say that, you know, it's pretty fucking cool that we can have that experience. Or other things like it. It's pretty fucking cool that We can, that we can exist as perceiving individuals and perceive other beings and an other world that, um, uh, and like perceive beauty and stuff like that. That just, just that that potential even exists. Right? Right? I don't know, it seems, it seems like, uh... This, this might be all bullshit, but... It kind of seems to me like like a lot of the sort of like aggravating shit about life um, is is maybe just kind of like a, a, a kind of like abstracted or like twisted around like seeking for like uh, shit like, little shit like this. I mean, I guess this is just me, but like, experiences like this, kind of like, evince the inherent goodness of being. And I, I don't mean like goodness in the, in the good, bad, you know, human moral paradigm. I mean like the just inherent fundamental like goodness that anything exists that there is and that there is anything like being like f a fundamental good and you know like maybe my use of the word good is 
too fraught because it implies the dichotomy but like whatever the version of good is that doesn't imply the dichotomy it's that and that that the that the things that we spend a lot of time worrying about and like striving to get are are kind of like like twisted around like distorted like simulacrums of of shit like this if you ask me and that we get we get kind of caught in this like this like world of like seeking towards shit like this that's all like presented to us like uh super mediated through other people and and like systems of commerce and and whatnot and and uh like systems of of like like various forms of capital whether they be like material capital like you know like a monetary or or like social capital and all that kind of shit being held out in front of us like it's imperative to obtain and yet like the essence of of all of that it's like still just you know you can just find it you can just find it um like anywhere really if you look totally see a fox I don't think you're going to be able to see it because it'll be too small on the screen I don't see it now it like went under a log or something but it's like it was like way over there on that other side of the creek yeah it's like red and had the bushy tail That's like, I don't know, man. Like, seeing a fox? That's that's just kind of like the, the... To me, that's just like the cream of the crop, the quintessence of, like, there being... Like, a, a beautiful mystery in the world. Like, I see a fox, and, and they always kind of, like seems so mysterious and beautiful to me like because you kind of because you hardly ever see them and when you do see them it's always like just for a brief instant and then the way that they walk or run is just like uh so incredibly graceful it's like they're just gliding it's like they're just gliding in the air kind of um yeah, it's just like I always get this feeling of like awe and that there is that there's like so much wonder to be discovered in the world. Uh and so yeah, like just the the fact that I just saw one right now um like kind of towards the end of this video uh is just crazy. It just I just feel uh 
like ju there's just this overwhelming feeling of of beauty and I know it I know it won't last and then I know that uh, probably in not too long I'll just be like you know concerned with eating some food and um, I'll, I'll be you know like having the typical concerns of like worrying what people think about me and all that sort of shit but anyhow like yeah this is just like a little little moment of affirmation for anyone who might need it and who doesn't at times you know I think everybody needs it sometimes and it also I, I think it's always I think it's always available like when you need it the most if you are willing to just like be open to it, I think. I don't know. Maybe this, maybe this is all bullshit. I think I, I think like I'm looked at the time and if my if my timing is correct, I think there's like six more minutes left and like I'm like so tempted to just like uh end it right now because it's like, you know, seems like a beautiful moment and everything like that. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue like my hard nosed commitment to uh the durational framework here and make sure that I go the full four hours which also is a reflection I think of to, to me this kind of represents um, a commitment to like the acceptance of the different facets of experience as as all being different facets of the fundamental good that I was talking about just a little bit ago the mundane, the, the distracted, the whatever. The hungry. But yeah, please, please don't like um, mistake me. Please don't mistake me for being on some, some uh, Leibniz shit. I'm not on no best of all possible worlds tip. I'm just saying that there is, in fact, a lot of shit worth living for and there's a lot of meaning to be had and to be made in in the most uncompromising ways be uncompromising
commit to, to, to striving for what's real to you. Even if it's like next to impossible to find, I'm promising you, you won't regret it. Or like, you know, maybe at times you'll, I, I definitely at times you'll have lots of doubts and you'll experience a lot of difficulty. But also, but also you'll know there he is. There's the fox. It's probably too small for you to see. It just ran across. There it is. I'm trying to roughly put it in the center of the screen, but I don't know if you'll... It's going to be too small for you to see, I imagine. I promise it's there, though. He's running around. That's so cute. See, it keeps paying off, you know? I stick I stick to my I stick to my commitment to do the full four hours and then this the fox shows up again. I wouldn't even have seen it if I hadn't. Damn. Damn! I better start walking back. Well, I have to say, I'm like incredibly grateful for you having uh, having given as much, however, however much attention that you have given. I'm grateful for you. Uh, spending however much time you have spent 
with me. And uh, yeah, I just hope that, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm saying like in one sense, in one sense I, I'm like hoping that uh, something resonated with you here. I hope that uh, like um, you might have felt some something of what I've felt or experienced but then at the same time like I don't hope that because also uh, also I'm saying that whatever your experience is is also also perfectly belongs and is like just as much a profound expression of what is as anything else and completely normal and completely ordinary and so in that sense like it I'm saying it doesn't matter really that for me to desire for you any part one experience over another but I mean if you've watched some of this video I think you I think you know what I'm saying I think you know what I'm saying we're just kind of like jumping jumping around between different registers of describing reality which is pretty fun as it turns out at least at least at the moment at least at this moment I think it's I think it's that time and it seems like an appropriately um, non-dramatic time to say bye